Welcome to the International Door Association's DoorCast. The ITA DoorCast will provide news and notes from the building and remodeling industry and tips and tidbits to help you improve your business. Now, here's your DoorCast host, IDA Executive Director, Mike Fisher. Welcome to the IDA DoorCast. This is Mike Fisher, Executive Director at IDA, and my guest today is Joe Ernst, the sales manager for D&D Garage Doors based in Sarasota, Florida. Joe, thanks so much for coming to talk to us, especially since this is Valentine's Day and you're taking time after work to talk to me instead of getting home to your wife. Thank you. I appreciate appreciate being here. So, Joe, let me ask you a couple of questions. First of all, I mentioned your wife. Tell me a little bit about your family before we talk about D&D Garage Doors. Yeah, I've been married now. It'll be 22 years this this coming July. We have three kids, 8, 10, and 14, growing like weeds. But I grew up in the construction industry. My whole family is in the industry in one way or another. Grew up in the industry and uh, got hooked up with D&D Garage Doors many years ago by, by connections and relationships we built you know, as a builder's prior. So you were a home builder before you got into the garage door business? Yes, yes. Uh, remodeling, uh, cabinet business, built quite a few homes between uh, a few national builders and small, small custom home builders here in town. Who else in your family is in the garage door business? Well, my father, Tom, uh, he also works in the sales department here at D&D Garage Doors. He handles all the uh, builder accounts we have in the Sarasota Manatee area. How long have you been with D&D? Since 2009. Did you start in sales or did you build up into that or how did your career begin? So they, uh, they wanted me to feel, uh, fully understand our techs and installers deal on a day, daily basis. So part of you know, the goal was they hired me as the service manager back in 2009, but they also had me go into the field as a serv- training av- as a service tech for, for two weeks and then as an installer for two weeks before I was ever allowed to go into the office and manage them, which, which helped gain a, a lot of respect for the techs and knowing what they deal with on a you know, day in, day out basis. After the service manager position, uh, that morphed into uh, growing into a location manager, which I ran the Tampa division of our, our of our company for a little while, then eventually into sales, and then long-term now into sales management. Well, in case you didn't catch this, Joe, I'm asking you a lot of questions about family. And the reason is, as you know, the topic of today's discussion is life in a family-owned door dealership. So it's kind of important that we get some background on that. But let's, let's switch gears now. And I'm going to ask you the easy question here. Who is D&D in D&D? <laughs> so it's actually Dallas and Denver Miller. They started the company back in 1991 in their father's basically garage. And uh, they've grown it from the one location up to the 14 that we're at to today. I was actually a district sales manager at the time when they began the company and was working out of Orlando and Sarasota was part of my territory. So I, I did, uh, I remember both Dallas and Denver from those days. And it's amazing to see the success story and the growth that they've had. You must be excited as well to be part of that growth. No doubt. It's, uh, you know, just in my time here, back when I started in 09, we were up to, I believe, six or seven locations at that time. And we've doubled in size since then. It's been amazing to see. I've known them. You know, De- Denver retired back in 2015. Dallas is still running the show for us uh, uh, day in and day out. It's been amazing to see the amount of growth and and, and throughout the state of Florida, uh, let alone here locally, uh, that the company has had. How many employees does D&D have across all of your locations? Uh, we're a little shy of 300. I think we're in the 280, 285 range. 
that's a wonderful story. That's a lot of families whose livelihood depends on D and D garage doors, isn't it? No doubt, no doubt. I mean, like I said, just my, mine alone. We have a lot of families that that work here as well throughout the company and in multiple locations. So sometimes you'd only just get you know a husband. Sometimes you get a husband wife combo or a father son combo or brother combo. So you see a lot of different families. You get one in the door. Hey, you know anybody else? You know sometimes it helps a lot. Um, but yeah, it's definitely family family oriented company here. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you. Are you the sales manager for all of the locations of D&D Garage Stores? Yes, I am. I have 20 sales reps, both inside and outside, throughout multiple locations throughout the state of Florida, as well as I oversee all the national builder accounts. A lot of the national builders who aren't, you know, the small, small regional custom home builders. We also have a national account sales team that I oversee as well. Thanks. So... I don't know that we can have a discussion today about business in the door industry or in any part of the construction industry without talking about how disruptive the COVID pandemic has been for our businesses. But we shouldn't forget that we talk about all of these disruptions, but at the very core of it, we shouldn't forget it's a virus. It's a very contagious virus that has to have impacted your your locations. It has to have impacted your operations. So how have you weathered the storm? Actually, how many of your employees and managers have missed work because of COVID? I'll tell you, we've had approximately 40% of our employees have been touched in some way, uh, either by missing time uh, due to their own illness and or family. So about 40% of our employees statewide uh, have been touched in some way. So that has a potential to totally disrupt your operations, right? Absolutely. Uh, tracking, you know, scheduler's worst nightmare, I guess you could say it as that, you know, you get your schedule set for the next two, three days to two weeks, and, and it falls apart when you get one person sick, and then the next person sick. And now you got to reschedule all these jobs that you already have scheduled and set with customers. And, you know, you got to make do with what you have, though, you know, so most customers understand it. And as long as you're communicating with them, you know, you can make it through it. So. I've heard that a lot during the COVID pandemic about communications and the need to communicate with your employees, communicate with your customers, and of course, communicate with your suppliers to try to keep juggling these different issues that have been happening. Another way to communicate, of course, is education. Have you at D&D worked on doing some additional cross-training during the pandemic to make people a little bit more versatile within your organization? Absolutely. That's one of the things we've had to do, knowing that, you know, it can hit anybody at any time. You got to have certain personnel, especially key personnel in those locations cross chain to help to help and step into other positions as needed. Fortunately, by them doing what, what they did with me coming into the company, uh, I was able to touch and feel a lot of those positions. I'm not saying I can do those positions today by any means, but we, we've done that with key personnel in each, lo- each of our locations throughout Florida as cross training them. So not only can you do service schedule, you can do install schedule. Not only that, can you know what doors to find in the warehouse, uh, so on and so forth, and or manager, managerial duties at that, uh, that as well. Um, you know, there's certain reports that, that most employees wouldn't see that a manager has to deal with. And when the manager's out, you have to have somebody step up. Those are things that we, we definitely had to go through. You know, some growing pains in that aspect because nobody expected this, obviously, when it came on. But due to it, we've done what we believe is a pretty good job of cross-training a lot of our personnel especially key personnel in in multiple locations. Well, the sad truth is we've all learned a lot about efficiencies during the COVID pandemic. We hope that we never have to use these lessons again, but 
at least uh, at least you'll be prepared, hopefully. Well, that's, well, that's a fingers crossed, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's step outside of your organization and talk about your customers. How has D&D adapted to dealing with customers during COVID and what kind of changes have you made in how you interact, just how, how you make a sales call to how you make a, an install with your customers? We put protocols in place, you know, when they started doing the mandating, the masks and so on and so forth, social distancing, you know, the good part, you know, if there is a good part to this, we don't go into our customers' homes. Any, anything we're doing on, at their home site is usually either in their garage or outside the home. That helps a lot. But we still put protocols into place, not only for when the service scheduler or install scheduler takes the phone call, we're asking, we have a script that they're asking those said questions prior to booking that service call. So, you know, not only does the customer feel more confident in what we're doing to coming out to the job site, but we're confident that we're not putting our employees at any risk at the same time. Those protocols were put into place both for not only, like I said, the script of the service and install schedulers, but as well as the, uh, the service tech or installation tech when they go out to the job site. You know, they're given masks. That's part of the protocol. You go on somebody's home site, you're wearing a mask. Uh, just the same thing. It would be a hard hat on any job site. So we put those protocols into place when all this started and uh, we're still, we still have them in place uh, today. All right. Well, that's some common sense approach to this issue. There used to be a day when sales happened around a kitchen table. You'd have a pitch book and go in and sit around the kitchen table with your prospect. Now it sounds like you're doing this all in the garage or as you said, outdoors. A lot of it also happens over the phone through the, through your websites and, and, through other ways to interact with the customer. So that probably helped as well. Yeah, we, we do. Our, our sales process, you know, we set this prior to the any pandemic. We've had a sales process set where the inside salesperson, you know, sets it up, sets the tone for the sales call to come out. Sometimes we even we may even have uh, visuals emailed to the customer before, before every showing up at their home to provide a, a firm quote, you know. So a lot, of the, a lot of those things, you know, we try to handle ahead of time if we can. Uh, if not, you know, our, our, our sales teams are, are, are equipped to be able to do most of their job, uh, not only paper, paperlessly, uh, but, but outside the home. We don't want to put anybody at risk. In it, you know. Wonderful. So this is the customer interaction. Obviously, we know there are a lot of reported issues. We've been talking to dealers across the country with supply chain issues from their suppliers, everything from back orders to cost increases lead times that are stretched way out, and other major inconveniences in these quote-unquote unprecedented times. How has D&D dealt with those issues? I tell you, it's a task. <laughs> I feel that I've been doing more operations this year than sales. You know, luckily with our multiple locations and, and the amount of you know people we have that work with us, the amount of employees, we're able to share between locations, like we said before, therefore transfer materials between locations. Even saying in all that, there's times where, you know, you rob Peter to pay Paul so much for certain things that Peter's got nothing left. So sometimes you're just straight out of that widget, you will say that, and you're having to wait for the next truck to come in. Uh, so it's been crazy. I, to say the least, uh, it, it's been a crazy, you know, tw I will say 14 months now that we're in with the shortages and whatnot. All the biggest thing, and I, I've stressed this to all of our teams, is, is we have to communicate. Since we know the issue and, and or what the possible, e, the new ETA would be, we have to communicate with the customer, the, the end user, because if they're, if they're not aware of what we know, 
then they're going to feel like they're in the dark or we're trying to hide something. So we are at the mercy of, you know, sometimes of our material suppliers, not only the manufacturers, but the other, you know, like I said, widgets that we use throughout the garage door industry. And sometimes, you know, it's out of our control, even though the customer doesn't always understand that or care to understand that. But if we're communicating with them on a, you know, on a asking the basis where, you know, we get a new piece of information. It, it won't be 24 hours. It may take us two or three days to get an answer now just because of those suppliers, you know, personnel issues, you know, due to many, many reasons. But again, the big, the key, the biggest thing is communication, both not only from us to our end user, but you know, with our suppliers and manufacturers. It's staying in touch with them, stay, you know, making them aware of the situations that we're trying to be, like, you know, we're getting up against closings in some cases where people are waiting on the garage door for the house to close on the home due to the delays in the manufacturing process and or material shortages. So the communication is key of informing them, them of this. Hey, if you can prioritize this product over a said, over another said product, I'll take this job first. So uh, it's, you know, again, the communication has been the biggest thing that we've been pressing on this year to hopefully avoid some of these supply chain issues and, or at least try to control them to the best of our extent. Typically, a closing, especially on residential buildings, the closing can't happen until the building official has issued a certificate of occupancy, a CO, and signed off on the project. We are hearing from some jurisdictions around the country that have been dealing with shortages across a lot of different materials and supplies that some building departments are issuing COs before all of the work has been completed so that people can go ahead and move into their homes. That means that there are homes where the garage door is being boarded up with plywood so that the home is secured and then the dealer will go back and install the door later. Is that something you've seen in your area or no? Uh, very little. Uh, I'll, I'll say on a onesie twosie basis, certain municipalities have worked with the builder and or homeowners due to various reasons. I mean, it could be a rate lock issue. It, it could be, you know, the mortgage close, you know, they, 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 there's a lot of variables that go into closing of a home that, that we know nothing about, obviously, but we we need to understand because you got people moving down from up north. You know, they're moving down here that they're supposed to be. You know, they're here with their moving truck and they're ready to close, and cash is ready in the hand, and yet they can't get a building, you know, final because of X Y Z. You know, it's appliances, it's it's air conditioning units. Garage doors is one small aspect of it, but again, like you say, the garage door being an, an inspection holdup in most cases. So the ones I've heard of where, where they, they've got given a temporary CO, a TCO as they call it, and, and do require to come back and verify the door was installed and or the product in the air conditioning in some cases is installed to code. Uh, now, obviously I don't see a closing happening without air conditioning units in Florida, but hey, I only hear about the situations that we're involved with. And again, onesie twosie, I've heard of a couple of building officials because of those specific situations with the homeowners and their uh, title company that they you know, worked with them and gave them a TCO with the, the agreement that they'd be back. It would need to be completed within less than 30 days. So as far as I know, we've completed all those within substantially less than the 30 days. But again, it is something that the building officials are, are aware of now. Uh, they see it's not a supply, not, not an in, you know, an install, installer issue. It's a bigger supply chain issue. It, so much as it, it was actually discussed, I was just at the National Association of Home Builders Conference here in Orlando as part of the International Builder Show. That was actually discussed in the board meeting. Garage doors actually came up 
about supply chain issues. So it's hitting bigger, it's hitting up there almost with the lumber costing and, and, and supply issues, which is good. We need to bring it to the forefront, but it's back to <laughs> how do we help the customers get their closings on time? So, <laughs> Well, thanks for that perspective. That's been one of the questions that, that I wanted to ask you about it. We've seen that nationally. There have been reports from across the country where the local jurisdictions are getting more creative in how they address these issues and how they help move projects forward. So that's good news, I think, that you're seeing that kind of cooperation, I guess, the best way to say it. Yes. Yeah. I, I think they want to work with the, the builders, knowing that what they're up against, it's out of their control. And it, it's one of those things where if they could have the material, same with me, if I could get the door, I want to put it in the hole. You know, I don't get paid till I get the job done. So it's the same, same situation for any other trade. They want to get the job done. Sometimes they're at the mercy of the materials or, you know, or the components. Well, we heard last week that the uh, federal government did negotiate a reduction in tariffs for steel coming in from Japan. So hopefully we'll start to see some easing of the steel supply issues. And, and hopefully that will also impact some other products, including garage doors. But that's going to take some time to find its way through the, through the supply chain. But I think that's good news. So we'll keep our fingers crossed on that front as well. So, Joe, we've been talking a lot about your business and about D&D's uh, flexibility and strategy to deal with COVID and deal with all these issues at the heart of a family business. But let's, I got to ask you about your family. I, I know we've all gone through issues during COVID um, and with a family owned business, things can be magnified a little bit. Can you just share if you, if you like how COVID has impacted your family, your, your daily work activities, what kind of stresses you've had to deal with? Personally, uh, luckily, I've been very fortunate. Uh, I'll say that uh, it has put stress on all, all families, you know, I'm sure. Of course, you know, the kids last year with the, the pandemic, with schools being closed down for a short amount of time and then, then doing the mobile schooling, you know, a lot of families, they're not able to do that. You know, most people, you know, working one or two jobs to make sure that they can take care of their families and, and you don't have the opportunity to stay home with your kids. So, you know, I was blessed, you know, in the last year, my wife does stay at home with them with her business. She was able to be home, but I know a lot of families that can't do that. It is very tough. You know, it, it, it puts it hard on, on, on small businesses, you know, across the board, because, you know, you got, you got somebody who needs to take care of their own family, making sure that somebody's home with them, especially the younger the kids, you know, the younger the kids are, the harder it is. And, but yet they want to work and, but they can't because somebody has got to be there with the kids. So I've seen, I've seen some of that both within our company and through friends, other friends in the industry uh, that have, have to deal with that. I've actually lost some personal friends, you know, during this pandemic, you know, that didn't make it through there for various reasons, um, you know, complications of, I would be, a better way of saying it, but, and then others who, you know, like myself, who, who contracted it and dealt with it, you know, a couple, couple bad weeks and then I'm back to work again, but it does take time, you know. You want to keep your family and, and your coworkers safe, so you got to do what's smart. You know, a lot of it. I always say it. Common sense goes a long way. You know, if you're not feeling right, stay home. You know, keep you know keep it to yourself as best you can, uh, and hopefully it's minimal. You know, hopefully it's a 24-hour deal and you're back to work. But but be safe. Take care of yourself, number one, and then think about you think about your you know colleague or other family members. You know, making sure you're taking care of them as, as well. Uh, and again, like I said, common sense goes a long way. It's just, you know, washing your hands, hygiene. There's so many things that are just so simple and, and, and that nobody thinks about. 
that that go a long way to, to helping prevent some of these you know the passing along of this this crazy stuff so and priorities setting the right priorities for your family and your work yeah uh, you got to find a happy uh, medium you know it, you got to find you I know it, my industry, you know, with my family and my dad working for the same company, same division, you know, you, you'll find ourselves uh, at a family event, nowhere near the company talking about business, which it's a habit. You know, you get together, you hey, blah, 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 you talk to so-and-so today. Well, you got to learn to turn that off sometimes. It, there's, it's fine to have that nice to be able to talk about things like that, but our families want us with them when we're, when we're home with them. So you got to find that happy medium. You know, there's a time and place for everything. And it's tough. It can be really tough sometimes, especially for people that, you know, luckily for us, most of our people, they, they, they don't work from home. So they do have that travel time to be able to shut it off a little bit, you know, some more than others. But that travel time between home and work, whether it be in the morning or, or in the evenings, it does go a long way. You can get that, you know, shut it down a little bit, get home. Now you're now you be present with your family for the evening, you know, and, and that does go a long way. you got to find the happy medium. It's so important. I think the word you just used, be present, I think that's key, right? Being present is key. So you're not just in the same space that you actually set the phone down, look your kids in the eye, ask them about the issues they're dealing with and be present for them. And when you're at work, you have to be present with your employees, your coworkers. But when you're home, you have to be present for your kids. And I, I'm glad you brought that up. I think that's, a, that's an important piece of this puzzle. You know, as we kind of close our discussion, you know, we, we talked about the family business issue. So you, you mentioned earlier within D&D, you've got your dad also works for D&D and we know Dallas and Denver were brothers. So there, there are siblings within your organization and obviously some spouses that work. So you have some married couples that work together. Any other uh, advice for other family businesses with those kinds of dynamics? Uh, any other lessons learned that you can share? Uh, I mean, you got, like I said, you got to separate while at work, you got business is business, you know, you, you treat with people with respect, no matter who they are, family or not back to, there's a time and a place for everything but while we're at work, business is business. What's right for the company. What's, what's the right thing to do for the customer is, is gotta be a priority, you know, personal times, personal time. It's a, it's a very tough, fine line. You have to walk. You know, I've caught myself a few times with a, my father, <laughs> but again, if you're doing the right thing for, for not only yourself, uh, but the company and your customer, then it's a win-win in the end. It's just, you got to find those. It's a, I don't, I don't know that I can give too much advice on that other than just, you know, be present while you're at work, business is business and family's family outside of that. Uh, as long as you're being respectful in what you're doing, it, you know, that's the best thing you can be, do. Interestingly enough, Joe, my next door neighbor, is an executive with a window association. So there have been times when we've got the stink eye, either of us from, or both of us from our wives, when we forget to be present when we're together having a meal or something with them. So I take that to heart and we've, you know, we've tried to juggle that and make sure, as you said earlier, balance is important. Setting the priorities is important and making sure that you're focusing on being present with your family when you're with your family and, and work will take care of itself, hopefully. You know, we talked about family, we talked about work, we talked about supply chain issues. We hit a lot of, a lot of different things. Uh, I'd like to hear more about your experience at the Builder Show. Any takeaways that you picked up from there? Anything on the trend side that, that hit you? Well, I'll tell you, I, I look forward to the Builder Show every year. It's, uh, it, it's, 
such a huge opportunity to see not only within the garage door industry, but but the, the whole construction industry uh, all the way around, both by being a you know, background of being a builder. I look at everything, you know, kitchen and bath, you know, you know, you know fireplaces. It's just what's the new technology? And it rolls back into the garage door industry about you know, how do we stay up with the trends? You're seeing more and more modern, you know, modern type looks on, on homes. You know, so you want to have those those modern and techie garage door item you know, with the operators having the wi-fi built into all these operators now having the the options to have a camera in your garage having the options to the amazon key is one option that's out there to have amazon deliver right inside of your garage door and you can see them doing it you know the security aspect of it to what's hopefully coming in the future of uh, of even more smart technology of the integration of your operators to your you know your home automation systems those are things that we're, we are trying every day to stay on top of and make sure that the customers, the end users are aware of these options and, and, and putting all that together at a show, you know, you can see a lot of that. And that's one of the things that I love going to those shows and seeing, you know, that on top of the networking and sharing industry knowledge across the board with, like I said, not only in the garage door industry, but other trades as well, other manufacturers as well. You know, we're almost all dealing with the same type of supply chain issues in slightly different ways, of course. And and, and hearing that at a show like that, you know, made me feel a little bit better. You know, it doesn't solve anything, but but it's, you know, you hear one aspect of it from your, your, your customers. And now you're hearing it from the other suppliers and manufacturers that, hey, they have this issue and that issue. Okay. Well, it's not just us, you know, you know, it, may, it doesn't feel like we're, we're the only ones getting beat down on. Back to it doesn't solve anything, but it helps ease the pain, I guess you could say, a little bit at the same time. But the Builder Show every year, like I said, I've been going to it for a little over 10 years now. Every time I try to find something new, find a new, find a new widget that goes into a home that can be utilized in some way or you know, form or fashion, uh, and how do we integrate that into the garage door industry? Always trying to think ahead a little bit. On the issue that you mentioned about supply chain, you're you're basically telling me misery loves company. <laughs> That's what it feels like. I tell you, I don't envy the builders today. Uh, you know, they may be doing all right, but I don't envy being in their position because if it ain't one thing, garage door, then it's air conditioning, then it's windows, then it's roofing. I don't envy them. I'm trying to deal with one part of the trade. They they have about ninety of us on every home, so. That's one thing I tell them when I talk to them. I say, I don't envy y'all's position, man. They, it, it's a tough position to be in today, but if it was easy, everybody would do it. Well said. Every month, I track data from the National Association of Realtors and also from the National Association of Home Builders, data on new home construction and on building permits pulled, as well as on home resales. So we track those markets. And the good news really is there is a lot of pent-up demand we hear from our dealers that they have solid backlog, so there's there's work for the future. So as the supply chain issues start to resolve themselves, I think we're poised for continued growth. So I think that's the good news. So if we ever want to feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel, I think we're in that situation right now. So hopefully we'll get some, some more good news related to the supply issues and to material availability and those kinds of issues. But it all at the end of the day, it all comes down to people. And if we don't have the people to to make the steel, people to ship the steel, people to produce the components, and then obviously the people to install the product into the home, then nothing goes anywhere. So hopefully as we work through the supply side, 
we'll start to see some improvements in workforce development going forward. So that's another issue for IDA to look at. No doubt. Like I said, it's, it's one of those things that back to the people, you know, you got to have the right mentorship in place and you got to have the right future in place, you know, within your companies. And it's hard to find sometimes, you know, luckily I, I, I've got Dallas and our, and our COO here at D&D that, that mentored me quite well. And I'm able to rely on them for a lot of information. You know, that's one key thing with any company. You got to, you know, you're coming up in a company, you got to find those right mentors are going to help you put in the right, put you in a position to succeed. And that's a benefit of being with a family company because you have that cooperative family roll up the sleeves and work together attitude. No doubt. Yeah, we are very lucky in that aspect. Well, Joe, this has been absolutely great discussion. I want to thank you very much for taking time on Valentine's Day, no less, to talk to me about the D&D garage door story and, and, and how this family company has grown so well. I would be remiss if I didn't also, again, thank your wife, Erin, for letting me borrow you for this uh, this time. So please pass that on to her or force her to listen to the podcast. Either way, thank you very much for taking time out of your day to talk to us. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me. Thanks again, Joe. I hope to talk soon. Yes, sir. Have a good one. To our listeners, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. We hope you enjoyed today's IDA DoorCast, and we hope to see you soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the IDA DoorCast. Be sure to catch our next episode. For more information about IDA, visit doors.org. See you next time.